Um, so, Ed, we uh, decided to do two podcasts a week uh, in order to, and we put the second one on a Friday in order to cover the Thursday night games. It's a bit, we've kind of become obsolete again immediately by virtue yeah. of United playing on a Tuesday night. We have people complaining. Where's the City pod? Expecting it straight away. What, what, what uh, you want this straight away? <laughs> We've had two day, forty eight hours to digest and ruminate and all of that. Kind Has it of stuff. become any better in those forty eight hours? Yeah, I mean it. It's become even more numb. I mean, I have to say, it was very numb watching it. There was just one moment when Rashford scored and Darren Fletcher banging one in from twenty five yards suddenly flashed through my mind. It's like, please no, don't let this be the one in the six one because it looked like it was going that way for quite some time that game. I mean, it should have been six at half time, shouldn't it? I mean, sh- should we talk about that first half? I, I, I don't know where to, where to start with where it went wrong, really, because there's, there's, it's pretty horrific for all three goals, but it started much before that, I think. So with two, yeah. two really big decisions from the managers, one of which was a bit of genius and one of which was total f- So... Um, so let's. Uh, so which which one's which, Ed? Which one's which? Yeah, Oli Solskjaer, football genius. Yeah. Um, no, so um, look, we've spent years, it seems, uh, being mean about Nemanja Matic on this here podcast, uh, but he is at least some kind of defensive midfielder, right? At least, at least, at least he pretends to be. Um, <laughs> That's rich. That is rich coming. Oh from you. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and Oli decided to, I mean, obviously doesn't trust him and McTominay's out. And so we don't really have any options. Uh, Fosu Mensah hasn't come back to fitness yet. So couldn't use him there. Doesn't seem to trust James Gardner. Yeah. Imagine if he just, imagine if like the lineup had come out and it had been Timothy Fosu Mensah in midfield. Yeah. I don't think it would have been better. No, no, no. But I mean, I'm just like, then not too many options. And so he, uh, he's he gone with Fred in there. Um, and just this really, really open system against uh, a team that enjoys 70% possession against the best teams. Right? Uh, so I just looked at that and I was like, oh God. Uh, Tom was the... Um, Tom was the positive one on the WhatsApp group saying, oh, yeah, Fred can put it about a bit. I was like, uh, he, he can. And actually, he's, he's not. He made like four interceptions or something in this game. But um, um, I was just... Re- yeah, he was just not the problem, was he? No, no. I, I was really worried right from the start, just looking at that. So that that was the stupid part. Uh, and United going in with this incredibly open system for presumably a game we wanted to set up to counter in. And then the, the the genius part was Pep's formation. And we're all looking at it going, what, what, what is this? Who's playing up front? Is this just Bernardo up front on his own? And it turned out that it was Bernardo at false nine, but also Kevin De Bruyne at false nine, Sterling at false nine and Riyad Mahrez at false nine, all at the same time. And somehow, Somehow it made sense, and but it completely, completely baffled Phil Jones and Victor Lindelof and Fred and Andreas completely. So that was the uh, kind of tactical setup. It almost felt like we'd lost as they walked out. I sort of scanned the team because uh, I must have been working or something. Um, and yeah, I was working and I, I realised that the team would be out and I scanned it and I was like, oh, that looks all right. And then I was chatting to a couple of people and somebody mentioned Phil Jones. And then I suddenly scanned it again. I was like, oh, that doesn't look all right. <laughs> that doesn't look all right at all. I think I was just excited that Brandon Williams was in the team. But um, 
yeah, wow. I mean, the what you talked about the centre of midfield, but the centre of defence is at least as much of a problem as the centre of midfield in in that game. I mean, Phil Jones at his best was a decent, well, at his very best, he's a very good central defender, but that's years and years long, and years ago. Long, long time ago, yeah. And, and he's and not no, got... No, he, at least he won't be able to make a mess of, of Saturday's game against Norwich because he crocked himself in this one. <laughs> I mean... We shouldn't laugh, but there aren't any fit defenders, so I don't know who's going to play there. Probably, probably Manu Matic. I, I would play Wambasaka at, at centre back, I guess, because at least you know he's going to be good if it comes down to one on ones. The rest of it, positioning and all that, I wouldn't expect him to be able to just switch to it. But I think that's what I would, what I'd do, and I'd do that over putting the Manu Matic at centre back. That's for sure. Yeah. So anyway, there was there was the the setup, and then then in midfield. I mean, it, it was. It just seemed so obvious that neither of them were was prepared to take responsibility. So you just look through the goals, right? and the same names come up again and again in terms of culpability for what happened. So, in our first goal, the first goal where Bernardo cuts inside off his right to his left, um, nice bit of you know, nice bit of movement to to get onto his left foot in the first place. But Fred is just nowhere near him. Just nowhere, and, and I, Pereira's just standing there watching. And I, what's he? What was he doing? He's going, oh, go on, son, have a shot. <laughs> I think the thing about Fred in that situation is he's he's he has so much to do and so many different people to think about, and runners going in all directions. And the one for me who doesn't react at all is Phil Jones. Now, maybe that's a little bit of watching it on television because the full shortening of angles and all of that kind of stuff. But it doesn't look like Jones is that far. It almost looks like Jones should be reading that and going, the midfielders haven't got him. There's no one running in behind me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so look, you're right, completely right that Fred had too much to do, of course, because he he was obviously given the responsibility to cover the left-hand side and Brandon Williams. Because Rashford wasn't tracking back at all. And Rashford's like diligent about this stuff, right? So this is, it's not Rashford being lazy. This is, they set up that system to keep Rashford high up the pitch, presumably so they could counter quickly. And, and you know, you kind of get that. So Fred's got to do a dual role of being the, the holding midfielder, but also covering, covering down that left-hand side. And he couldn't do both all the time. And, and so the City system was entirely constructed just to move people out of position constantly. Um, which is... And given, which- which is Pep Guardiola 101, isn't it, anyway? Like, that is that's the most basic idea behind Guardiola football is to move people out of position. Yeah. So, number one, Fred Fred knocked tight and uh, Lindelof just kind of... Pereira just watching, sorry, and, and Jones. I, I don't remember Jones being culpable, but um, I guess, yeah, watching too. Um, number two, Andreas completely asleep in the middle. Lindelof idling back and no one going with the runner. Just nobody. I mean, it was embarrassing. That was schoolboy how much space he had. What was really strange at that point is they just looked utterly defeated. Like, they they, they looked like no idea. I mean, I, as you're watching that, you're thinking, what's going to happen in the post-match injury interview, Freudian slip there, is a lot of injury chat. This is going to be like, oh, well, what are we supposed to do with da 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 And there's some reasonable aspect to that, although 
those injuries are not accidental. They're mounting up for a reason, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And also the lack of cover in key areas is not exactly a surprise to any of us. I mean, maybe the idea that numbers are thin in central defence, that is a bit of a surprise. That is a bit of a pile-up situation. But generally speaking, we know the squad's not deep enough in key areas. But the thing is, the thing is, you can't really even blame any of that on injuries because worst case scenario, like absolute Sam Allardyce worst case scenario, two banks of four sitting deep would have done better than what actually happened. You know, just some right. basic drill them for a week in basic defensive organisation against them, a team that's trying to move you out of position and really go to spoil. But it, it was an absolute not an accident waiting to happen, a catastrophe waiting to happen when those oh, two sure. teams lined up against let, each let, other. Let's just go through the third goal because this is a classic as well. And then then I want to talk about injuries a bit more because I think this is an area that Ollie's extremely culpable. Um, so the third one was just comedy as well. So Lindelof, just a ridiculous attempt at a header. He's gone over the halfway line and then headed it back centrally or attempted to head it back centrally. De Bruyne just absolutely ruined Phil Jones. I mean, Jones should have just retired on the pitch. Just gone, that's it, I'm done, lads. <laughs> He's just waiting for the Woodward contract offer, isn't he? <laughs> He's got, then, it's, it's Jones 2022, isn't it? Or and then Andreas has just no sense of the game around him, none. And you can say, oh, look, he's unlucky. He's unlucky because he's come off the keeper. But, you know, he's come off the keeper and he's outside the city. You know, he's got some space. But it's just, I think it's symptomatic of him. Just doesn't when the ball's at his feet and he can do something, great. The rest of it, it just doesn't seem to have any clue what's going on around him in the game at all. Uh, and so it was just complete comedy. And I just we were we were that was three, and we were extremely lucky that City just decided to back off. And Carl Walker said afterwards that. We decided at half time we'd had a lot of games and it was important to reserve some energy in the legs. That's where we were at. That's <laughs> Absolutely where we were at. taking the piss. Yeah. And and you know, like um it's not only that they backed off, but if Raheem Sterling had his shooting boots on as well, I'm thinking of two particular occasions where he had us bang to rights and, you know, didn't didn't execute. So Absolutely. I mean, that the second half that you can at least talk about the Rashford goal and a kind of a bit of endeavour. But that first half, they looked beaten from the start. And, you know, we gave them a lot of praise when they beat City away and they beat Tottenham at home and they deserved it. They deserved that praise for their kind of collective effort. And maybe there was still a bit of quality lacking, but there, there was a lot to those games. And the front three played really well. And we know McTominay does the job. He does defence in terms of defensive organisation, etc, etc, etc. But this was the golfing class between the two sides writ large. Like, oh, not for just sure, the two yeah. sides, the two clubs. Yeah, like, I know. Absolutely. Top to bottom mediocrity at United at the moment. And it's really sad to see. So, So in that away game, United broke nine times in the first half uh, into the final third. I mean, overall, they've had quite a lot of shots in that game against City, very few of any kind of quality, which is why the XG was very low for for the one where we won 2-1. And there's a kind of hope now that we'll be able to repeat that, which I just think is impossible when you're two down. I just It's impossible. You can't go, well, I hope we create enough like breakaway chances to against a team that doesn't need to press high in order to come back from 
two down. It, it does doesn't it doesn't compute. United can't play like that. Anyway, an aside. Um, I think I think we just got you're right. We got this desperately desperately wrong, uh, and and that just compounded the fact that City just have quality all over the pitch and we have none, and we're really thin, and now we can talk about injuries. So. Well, um, I just it, we, just before you do, before you do, I think the only thing I would disagree with there is we obviously don't have no quality on the pitch. We we just have uh, many fewer positions on the pitch where there is that level of quality. And Marcus Rashford is one where there is like Marcus Rashford is one hell of a player, and he's got he took his goal brilliantly, and it was coming as well. Like wasn't his? I, I was you know that kind of irrational feeling of just feeling proud of this stranger that you have no no knowledge of but I, I was kind of proud of the way he kept, it, kept his head up and it was it was a well-taken goal and I thought Brandon Williams uh was overmatched it positionally and all that kind of stuff but once again like it was the right choice to pick him and he's he's definitely first choice left back so just that not I'm not even, not looking for positives because that would be insane but just it's obviously. I know you're not saying we don't have any quality in any position on the pitch. Obviously, no, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that. I mean, look, honestly, we we have lower quality. We clearly have a lower quality manager. Sorry, um, and no, you, I don't think you have to apologize. Even though, like, we haven't gone full. Like, he's actually a complete fraud yet. Yet, um, the <laughs> the. Um, I don't think you have to apologise for saying he's not as good as Pep Guardiola, <laughs> one of the history's great football managers. Sure. Yes. I just don't know. Uh... I don't know what Ollie's ceiling is. I suspect it's what we're getting now, and I don't know what his floor is, and I'm hoping it's not much lower. Um, but he, he's making a lot of mistakes. Uh, so he made that. And then then not only did they outthink us and outplay us and they have better quality technically, um, but they outworked us as well. They are pressing, they're pressing us all over the pitch. And we're miles off them, miles off them, but they're going to do it anyway because they know they get the ball back. You know, that effort, some people do it, some people don't. I, I thought it was just so sort of telling in the, the middle of the week when Ollie did his preview, his justification for Lingard being anywhere near this team was, oh, he's a good trigger for the pressing. Why do you need a trigger? I mean, and, yeah, City don't. They know when it's in a certain position on the pitch, who presses and who doesn't. Exactly, because that, that's the trigger. The trigger is situational, not individual, isn't it? And and Lingard, oh my God, that first half perf- performance is a... I, I am... I, the, one of the reasons I've been holding back in like absolutely laying into Jesse Lingard's performances is just he spoke publicly about his mental health issues and stuff like that. And that's... You're not going to hear me ignore that. And I think... I think I might have said this on the show at the weekend, but Solskjaer saying just get out there and play with a smile on your face. I think somebody needs some mental health training. Do you know what I mean? But just not, this is not a knock against him as a person or whatever, but that 45 minutes, he, if he is have, if he's really struggling personally, he definitely needs to get some support and some help to deal with that. Because if his performances are as a consequence of that, then that performance was totally diabolical yeah and look i don't know if they are and i think it's okay it's perfectly okay to say that's a shitty performance yeah and they have been like that for 18 months in fact for most of his time at united apart from that purple patch he had under Mourinho, most of the time his end product is zero i mean literally zero in the premier league <laughs> across any of the metrics that actually count um but most of the time so 
I, I think that's okay to to compartmentalize this and say he's just not fit for purpose as a football player. Now, some of that might might there may be a contributing factor in his personal life, and his family situation, his mental health. That's fine, and uh, I think empathy amongst leaders is really important. Uh, but but you know he's just not he's not good enough for United. He's just not, and he just keeps demonstrating it. Um, and neither is Andreas, and I don't know what his mental health situation is. I suspect that's a lot more to do with his actual quality on the pitch. Um, and uh, and unfortunately, quite a few of those those players that, that played against City. Uh, and, and just like when you see that performance, we just feel a very, very, very long way away from, from being anywhere. And this is a City side that's going to lose the Premier League by double-digit figures, probably. Um, even if they have picked up since we beat them, yeah. So, so this is uh, this is United a very long way away. And I think I said on a few pods back that I thought we were five years away. Just at our this kind of even if we get the strategy right, we're gonna it's slowly, slowly we're gonna buy deliberately, and we can only do one deal at a time, and maybe <laughs> three players a window, and whatever it is, and even assume they all work out and they don't because it's Manchester United and most of them don't. Um, this is a very long time before we have a, quad, uh, a squad of the quality that competes. And, of course, over a very long time, lots of things happen to players and players get older and you're going to have to refresh, refresh players in this squad, like Ashley Young. Oh, um, I just <laughs> want to say I interrupted you earlier when you were going to go on to talk about injuries and I don't think you've yeah. gone back to that subject, but it's a massive, massive Well, it's a massive subject. one because, like, let's let's just... Take a few players. Um, I mean, not only are United getting a lot of muscle injuries and hamstring injuries and stuff like that, which I'm sure is associated with the kind of training, and I'm sure um, uh, um, Renter Raymond Ray Ray has got something to say about the periodization and and all of that. You know, Ollie not being from that school um, and its impact on the players, Uh, but uh, but also the management of injuries as well. And this bit's even less forgivable, isn't it? So. Pogba rushes back. Uh, the medical staff and the manager have got to say no if he's not right because now he's had no, he's had an operation. He's going to be out for at least another month. I suspect it's a lot longer because of the recuperation uh, and the, uh, the soft tissue damage uh, just being a much harder problem to fix. Um, and McTominay played on with an injury. Did they tell? Did he tell the bench? Did he not? What did they know? Did they insist he, he played on or not? Maguire told the manager, United are briefing, it's Maguire's fault, basically, for insisting he play on with a with an injury. Solskjaer should be saying, absolutely not. Can't risk you. There are things that are more important than this one cup game. We've got Jonesy on the bench. He'll fix us, no problem. Right? I mean, it's absolutely criminal. Maguire's out for two months now. Yeah, and we've been reasonably critical of him. Well... I say we, <laughs> I I actually really probably haven't been, maybe not even critical enough, but you've certainly been very critical of him, but we don't want him, we cannot afford him to be out for two months. We want him in the side and, and adapting and all that kind of stuff. And, you know. I, 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 look, you know, my criticism of Maguire is that one, 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 the obvious ones that, that we all knew before he came, um, pace, and lack of recovery pace, technical ability. Uh, and then two, he's just made some quite a few mistakes actually, and half mistakes that you wouldn't expect of a player of that price. 
right? <laughs> and and maybe it's unfair because United have paid way over the odds for this player. Um, but he's better than Phil Jones, and he's oh, yeah. better than Marcus Rojo, and he's probably better than Axel Tuanzebi. And we'll, well, yeah, he is because he's more experienced. But we'll see where Tuanzebi gets in terms of his career ceiling. And who else have we got as central defenders? I'm sure we've got some others on the books. Uh, well, not really, because you, you're starting to run out of options. I mean, obviously, Victor Lindelof, but that, he, he needs somebody to play alongside him. And like, there's a lot of people, we've had a number of questions I've seen on in, on our Instagram. People, a couple of people have sent me messages saying, like, should we be recalling Chris Smalling? And he's having like, a very good season. He was, he was voted second in Roma's central defender of the decade. In a in a recent poll, was this United fans getting involved, like the Liverpool fans know. did with Peter it's Crouch kind of and funny. Tottenham strikers? Yeah. Uh, when you say the decade, do you mean the nine days old decade? No, no, last decade. <laughs> Maybe a little recency bias, but I mean, you'd you'd bite your hand, bite someone's hand off if you could say like, "Oh, you're going to sign Chris Smalling for six months right now with the situation as it is right now." You'd bite their hand off for him, like Chris Smalling's and had plenty of flaws as a defender, but he's, he's not going to make United any worse at the moment, is he? Like, no. You no. know. So I just think it's like the, the squad is shaped by the owners and um, and what they want out of this, this club, money, um, and the um, absolutely unforgivable decision to vest all this power in our, effectively our, you know, entire acquisition strategy in a bunch of bankers, Judge and, and Woodward, uh, despite what they brief about all the analysis and, and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, a really poor return on on those investments. I just incredibly report, poor return on £330 million a year in wages on this squad, which is higher than anyone in the division. It's, in, it's just in, it's insane. It's more yeah. than double Spurs' wage bill. Yeah, more ne- than like, never mind Spurs. The, the fact that we're paying more in wages than Liverpool and City and the, the gap in quality is just... I mean, the points table as it stands at the moment doesn't even really do justice to the gap in quality. That first half tells you everything you need to know about almost like um, if both of their t- both teams are playing at close to their natural level, that's about the gap in quality. If United massively raise their game and City have an off day, we can overturn that gap in quality. But, you know, we, it was it was abysmal. And the thing that I think you're absolutely bang on about is the injury management. And you wonder, like, what's going on? What's going on culturally? What 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 is this kind of like... A player's being expected to kind of give their all for the shirt, and that means like give your body to the point at which it doesn't work anymore. You can't do that in 21st century football. You just can't. It's not the same game. Like the number of sprints and intensity and the difference in the get you you could probably even 20 years ago. So 20 years ago is 19 is. 2000, <laughs> I'm so old, 20 years ago isn't 19 anything, um, 20 years ago is the year 2000, so 30 years ago is uh, 1990, so we're talking about... Oli- well, well done on the maths. Yeah, Oli Solskjaer's playing career is 25 years ago, and the game then was already like dramatically faster than it had been 15 years before that, and now it's a completely different sport. Look at, just look at the the, sh- the body shape of these players, 
you can't expect them to play through pain in the same way because they're going to it's going to turn from pain to actual problem much quicker than it used to yes as we found out <laughs> Pogba McTominay Maguire all long-term injuries all completely preventable um or at least the you know the severity of them presumably pretty preventable so it, and it, it was just it's massively disappointing and and uh, we're being really bleak here because we just got absolutely smashed. Yeah. Uh, and 3-1 was nice. Yeah. Nice so to should us. We, should we take a break and come back and talk about Ashley Young for 20 minutes? Let's do that. Enjoy no question about that. If so, let others know about us. The best way to do that is leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and hit that subscribe button. Oh, youngy, youngy! Uh, so, which which club is Ashley Young at right now? Because, uh, like, <laughs> so this is—I mean, just talk about mediocrity, absolute chaos of this. Could United have handled this situation worse? No. First of all, buying Ashley Young for the for the price that he was—he had a really, really good time at Villa just before we bought him in his defence. But keeping him for the number of years that we have, playing him the number of times that we have, um, but now it's a bit like Ander Herrera. I wrote this thing for Scott season preview at the beginning of this season, which seems like a million years ago now, um, about how Ander Herrera basically sums up everything that's wrong with the post-Ferguson era, not as a player, but in terms of like the disaster of his acquisition, the disaster of the mismanagement and multiple managers misusing him, and the disaster of his contract negotiations and him leaving. It's all happened again and in Ashley Young form. I mean, it's just amazing. So he's out of contract at the end of the summer and everyone just assumes that he's going to go because... He's been a decl- declining player for five years and, and uh, we we desperately need to buy high quality at left back um, or maybe Brandon Williams become it. We still need another one. Um, and just the, the fair assumption is that Ashley Young is no longer needed. Uh, and all of a sudden there's this announcement that he's signing for Inter Milan. <laughs> the which is bizarre. <laughs> just totally bizarre. Um, and and it seemed initially like it's in this window. Turns out it's a, effectively a pre-contract for the summer when he's out of contract. And then United brief that he's been offered a new one-year deal. Luckily, fortunately, he or his people, whoever it is, got the word out really quickly that he'd now rejected Manchester United. So <laughs> the optics are just fantastic. Ashley Young, who we've all been like crying out to great servant, Sure, he's a lovely man, bird-eating, bird-poo-eating non, guy that he non is. Non-bird-poo-eating. Bird-poo-eating <laughs> guy that he is. Um, I don't care the denials, the explanations. Nice p- a bit of rationalisation by Sam Homewood on the uh, last week's pod, Monday's pod. Um, lovely guy, needed to go. Uh, and, and now to save face, we're pretending that we've made him a contract offer and now we look like total... Total japesters, like absolute frauds. Japester yeah. is a nice... I'm, I'm delighted with the, the late introduction of the word japester into this I like, conversation. I like it. just, I, I just, I'm trying to... I've got a picture of a clown in my head. <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, um, starting from United's next match, Ashley Young doesn't want to be named in the squad, not even yeah. the bench, according to Di Marzio, who, of all the re- reputable sources on the internet, is like 
king reputable source on the internet. Finally, the fans and Ashley are all at one. <laughs> Honestly, being turned down by Ashley Young for a year's contract extension. People talk about the banter era. Like, this is the first time I would say we've ever been a legitimate challenger for the Arsenal trophy of most ridiculous club in the Premier League. Like, I, I think we've been ridiculous for a really long time, but they've always beaten us. But now they've like got a manager who looks like he knows what he's doing and we've had Ashley Young turn down a contract extension offer. We are now... The most we are Arsenal, it has happened. Just absolute bonkers. And in the meantime, um, Solskjaer's out there going, yeah, we can do the right deal. We're we're interested and uh, noises about uh, yeah, Sol Nagirez or James Madison or any of the other people on our list. Um, uh, <laughs> Musa Dembele from... Leon is is um, subject of a bid from Chelsea. He's been a long, long time that United have been looking at him. A whole bunch of players, right? Um, and um, probably, probably a better player than Haaland, to be honest. Um, we're not going to sign any of them. I mean, we're not. We're, we're too busy negotiating with Ashley Young, and we can't. We can't do more than one deal at a time. James, like, oh. if we sign James Madison in this January transfer window. I will offer. I will write personally to every listener to offer my sincere apologies. Um, but that is the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life. The idea that Man United are going to buy James Madison in this January transfer window. I, I did love the trial balloon that someone has obviously floated because <laughs> the Mirror came out with their piece uh, a few days ago. Lingard plus forty five million for Madison. <laughs> did you see the thing where there was the? Uh, the tweet where an Iranian, the Iranians have offered 80 million for Donald Trump and someone says, would they take 45 million plus link? <laughs> I know the world's falling apart and we shouldn't laugh at that. But, you know, I, I, the, the fact that United aren't seriously linked with like in the next two or three days, there's two or three players coming into this club. Like it's absolutely, it's such a joke because you know like all these analysts and all these scouts and stuff they're not that's not fake news they're really employed by the club and i bet you there's really smart people with really good suggestions all the way through that list of people there's like people coming up with right well these are the top five 25 to 50 million central midfielders that you could probably get this transfer window if you move and do the deal smartly you know, it's like, um, you know, you were picturing a clown earlier. Well, like, picture a clown, like, but with really, like, ripped abs. So the, the midsection's fine, but the top, the top's broken <laughs> to <laughs> pieces. Nothing there. Nothing there. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we, we, they say that the January transfer window is the window in which, you know, the most bad money is spent because clubs normally only spend big money when they're desperate. Well, News, guys, we are desperate. Desperate. We we are going to be at least a month without Pogba, I think longer. We are until April without McTominay. Um, we are two months without Maguire. And we have and and we are one injury away from being in the same situation up front. I mean basically. Absolutely. 
And Marcus Rashford's playing every minute God sends at maximum tempo, even though he played the whole of last season injured. And I reckon he's probably played some of this season injured too, by the looks of him. Um, So we're in really, really, really serious trouble now. But we've already got enough points that we're probably not going to get relegated. And after all of this, I actually think there is a legitimate chance we are going to win our next match. No, don't believe it. (laughs) We're playing. We are playing. Like This has been very bleak, but here is a ray of sunshine, a ray of golden yellow sunshine with green tinges, the arrival of Norwich City, the most generous, kindest, positivist team in the Premier League, doing us the incredible kindness of coming to visit us in our hour of need. If we lose this game, um, they should sell Old Trafford. (laughs) No, we 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 might don't well, give them ideas. They'd uh, be quite happy to. Yeah, that's true. Actually, um, no, I mean, I, I I think there's I I do think we probably could win this game, even though things are so disastrous. I think we've got enough resources to win this game, but we could actually lose, and that would be almost as embarrassing as and- Ashley Young turning down our contract extension offer. I mean, Norwich are abysmal. They're on a they've they haven't. Um... They've got three wins all season in the Premier League. One of them inexplicably was against Manchester City. Um, Timu Puki started the season off with a whole bunch of goals. He hasn't scored in like nearly a month and, and you know, it's all gone a bit dry. They basically got three decent players as far as I can tell. Aaron's at right back who I think will, will um, end up at a much better club next summer. Um, Buendia, the right-sided um, sort of midget forward um, who who creates a whole ton of chances. He's created more chances than James Madison um, in the league this season. Um, looks like a, a, a very fine signing they got from uh, Hetafe. First time he's ever played at the top level anywhere. Um, and and Pukki, who can score goals, you know, and that's it. But the rest of them, absolute rubbish. Although there was a lot of talk this week about Todd Cantwell being watched by um, a bunch of bigger clubs. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he, he he does look like a nice um, from what I've seen of him. Not loads because I don't watch Norwich, you know, full Norwich match every week because I'm you know I'm not an idiot. Although I watch a full United match every week because <laughs> <So laughs> you're an idiot. I am. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he does. I mean, he surprised um, people at Norwich apparently uh, who weren't expecting him to make the breakthrough into the team this season. But you know, but apart from that, it's just rubbish everywhere at Norwich, and uh, and they're far too open, and they were when we played them at Carrow Road, not not all that long ago, really. So you know, it's a it's a free hit, basically, isn't it? You know, this is you know bowling long hops at Ben Stokes. Um, <laughs> we should score freely. So like. England pulled off an absolutely amazing test win, winning in Cape Town for the first time since the 1950s. I mean, there was a small incident of several many years where we did not play there for reasons. Um, but the uh, but it was amazing and South Africa never lose at Newlands and we won. And then United played that night and were absolutely appalling and slightly harsh my mellow and Jimmy Anderson's got a broken rib. Like, uh, Sorry to harsh your mellow. You've been to Cape Town, just as a little aside. What's that, sorry? Have you been to Cape Town? No, I never went, even when we lived in Zimbabwe, it was during apartheid, so we never went to South Africa right. because boo. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been a couple of times. Amazing city. It looks Absolutely incredible. Lo- I'd love to go watch cricket there as well, although, you know. That backdrop. <laughs> that backdrop. But backdrop's really good. I've, I yeah, um, hiked up to the top of uh, Table Mountain and did all, uh, all the stuff you're supposed to do in Cape Town. Anyway, 
Norwich is not quite as pretty, although this game's in Manchester, isn't it? Well, you know, and and uh, around the keys is very pretty these days. Yeah. Not that old Trafford is. Will the football be pretty? Ah, oh, imagine if we play well in this game. Be really funny if we play well in this game. Who is going to play at centre? Like, genuinely, are we going to be looking at De Gea? Well, actually, Young's not even available. So we're going to play Blandon, Brandon Williams at right back, Luke Shaw at left back. And Lindelof and Wambasaka in the centre of uh, centre back, with Pereira and Fred ahead of them. Is Marcel injured? Is that why he didn't play in that game? Are we going to be looking at Greenwood, James, and Rashford? Well, I mean, Marcel came off the bench, so he must be fit enough. Now, he had an illness, didn't he? I thought that was yeah, the thing that kept him out of the previous game. Ten minutes, so maybe we'll play Marcel up front, Rashford on the left, and James on the right. Greenwood on the right. I guess, I guess he's not going to want to play Greenwood again. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how um, how close Rocco is. I don't think he's. I don't think he's close enough for this game. Uh, Bailly is apparently coming back into training soon. Soon, Two and Davies got this hamstring injury. He's definitely not going to be fit enough. Hands uh, up, Fosu Mensa has been training, but you know, hands up if you forgot Eric Bailly existed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> got my hands up. Love, love old Eric Bailly. Imagine if he comes good. That'd be like a new signing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we haven't got two cent fit, two fit centre-backs, right? If Jones is actually yeah. crossed. Was it, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Luke Shaw ill as well? <laughs> well, that's less of a problem, potentially. Could see Ethan Laird, potentially, play yeah, it right and back. Yeah, look, I mean, and a lot of people have been mentioning him, obviously, who's a super talented attacking full-back. Um, he's got a history with injuries himself, so I'd be, you know, worried about him doing too much. Uh, and but yeah, yeah, super super talented player. I mean, maybe this is the game where he gets a game. I, I, I just honestly, I just don't know. I, I don't know it um, at all about um, Wambazaka playing at central defence. Of course, he can defend, but it's a very different. It's a completely different position. I don't think he. You know. sh- I don't think it's like oh, he should play. I just mean we don't have any defenders. No. <laughs> um. Then who's going to play midfield? I mean, I guess it's going to be Fred and Andreas and Lingard again, unless Matter comes into the reckoning for that that role at number ten. And it, as you say, it's three three from four up front. Okay, so according to Physio Room's current list, they haven't got Phil Jones injured on the current list. So maybe Phil Jones will be fit, and it'll be Jones and Lindelof. He was hobbling around, feeling the back of his leg, like his hamstring had gone. <laughs> shouldn't laugh really shouldn't laugh but yeah so it's it's going to be it's if we can get 11 fit players on the pitch we should probably beat norwich anyway right i mean the the thing is the the truth is if norwich play to their potential if they if they actually are well organized they could make things really difficult for us that's how pathetic things have got right now i think i think we've got enough in our front three if assuming the front three are fit front three are fit and assuming that Fred plays well I think that is probably enough to score goals against Norwich whether we can keep them out score enough goals we'll see but we we should we should be able to score they lose to everyone I mean they've got we've got to be we've got to be they lose to everyone so yeah we're gonna win we're gonna win all right two 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 one because you know comment at, at best comedy Phil Jones is at the back so 
And then, so I'll, I'll go with a 2-1 win as well. And then we'll be back after that game to celebrate the glorious victory or really, like, seriously, if you thought this pod was, podcast was bleak, the next one's going to be real bad if we don't win this game. Um, I mean, this brings to mind the, the winter of Louis van Gaal and the loss at home to Norwich. The My my personal post-Fergie worst performance remains that game. Um, obviously, there's, like, a lot of a lot of stubborn resistance for that but we'll be back with a full-length podcast then we'll do listener questions we'll do all that malarkey and uh, we'll preview the wolves midweek game on that show on monday all right and before we go just a um, quick mention for everyone out there if you uh, uh, want to get some really high quality uh, writing on manchester united and uh, how bad we are great piece from laurie cantwell on uh, united's tactics or lack of tactics this week um you can get a 50% discount if you go to www.theathletic.co.uk forward slash NQAT pod. That is www.theathletic.co.uk slash NQAT pod. And you called him Laurie Campwell, which is the cross between Laurie Whitwell of The Athletic and the Norwich player. But anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed it. I guess some people seem to like it when we excoriate the team when they lose. So, you know, got to give the people what they want every now and again, haven't you? Try to keep it reasonable. But when a performance is this level of bad, it's hard to be particularly nuanced about it. It was just like, well, otherwise we're going to sink into Ollie territory. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ollie. Ollie afterwards. Of course, he mentioned PSG. Of course, he did. Of course. And he said last time we were at the Etihad, we created a lot of chances, which we did not. Not well. Not good ones. No, anyway. Absolutely. Yes. All right. We can, uh, we can talk about the second leg in a future podcast. Yeah, we can. Long, a long way off yet. Yeah. Um, and maybe we'll have some players by then. Maybe we'll have bought James Madison by then. <laughs> Can't even say it. Can't even get through it with a straight face. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you on Monday. Bye now. For ad-free versions of this podcast, consider backing us. Head to patreon.com slash nqatpod. Thank you.